It's the Panthers pre-game podcast here on Panthers Radio. We're going to look ahead to the weekend, which sees two games against Coventry back-to-back, Saturday evening in Nottingham, and then Saturday, and then should I say Sunday, on the road in Coventry. Also going to look back at the, the past few days. It's been an, an interesting few days, I think, if you're a, a Nottingham Panthers supporter. And we've not really kind of got back together as a group since sort of, you know, certainly in the pre-game fashion, since... Last Wednesday, we had a post-game podcast last Wednesday after Panthers against Glasgow, and then a post-game podcast on Saturday after Panthers against Steelers. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by three great people, Dan Green, the former Panthers netminder, John O'Bullard, and Kenneth Feast. Good evening to you all. Good evening, guys. Good evening, Chris. So let's kind of go back because we, we didn't get to touch on it in the podcast because the podcast came a week last Wednesday. Uh, before the, the doors of the dressing room had opened. And, and one of the reasons we'd done the podcast earlier than usual was because that dressing room door stayed shut. If you remember Panthers leading 3-0 against Glasgow clan, and then they went on to lose 6-3, including five third-period goals for the clan. And then Kevin Moore came out to do the post-match interview. And, and obviously, for those that have seen it, will totally know what we're talking about. And he was just very honest about how the players feel and why they're feeling that way. Jono, that was interesting from from Kevin, wasn't it? Because I think a lot of people don't want to talk about the words because they're tough, emotionally tough as well. And and also, I think people don't want to say it's an excuse. And 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 Kevin alluded to that. But it was very interesting to just literally play it down the line and say, "This is what you know." No beating around the bush. This is what the guys are suffering. I think it was needed. It needed to be said. I think we've been tiptoeing around it for a few weeks. I think we've we've done it on here. I think the players have done it. The coaching staff have done it. And I think it had, at that time it got to the point where Kevin just went, you know what? It has to be said. And he said it. And I think it was the best thing he could have done because I think by him saying that, it took a lot of pressure off the team. Because finally it was out in the open. The elephant in the room had been addressed, you know, and and, and somebody had actually come out and addressed it. And, and I think it needed to be done. And I, I think listening to the interview when he did it, because obviously we finished the podcast, I think I let out a little sort of fist pump as he said it, because I, I totally agree with everything that he said. Going to go to Ken Feast now, although, Ken, it looked like you're having a little nap then, so I, I hope you're okay. But but that was followed on by Saturday by, I think, almost Aaron Fox took me more by surprise than than, than Kevin had a few days earlier because, you know, as, as away team, you're required to do an interview with the away team coach and send it to the Elite League uh, for, to put out as part of their post-match uh, social media feed. And, you know, I, I spoke to him and, and asked him one question about how he saw the performance. And he spoke for about 10 seconds and then obviously launched into this tirade. Now, what I will say is his reference and as he, everybody else's reference is about a very small number of people. You know, and, and as I say to a lot of people, and we saw this no more typified than Saturday night, because two things there, and we'll try and touch on these as we go along, but I'll, I'll bring them up now. The roars for the two Panthers goal, and I'm not just talking about the roar. In fact, I'll probably come on to this first, Ken, and then we'll move on to Fox. The roars for the Panthers goal, I'm not just talking about when they scored, but the continued roar when they went down for the face off, the kind of extra roar. 
it was extraordinary, wasn't it? That the I mean, the backing Ken has been fabulous all season, but I felt Saturday it was another level. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and uh, you know, such a huge thing. Like like I say, said well, I think I probably said on Saturday night. You know, we're facing a an extremely good Steelers side. Uh, the atmosphere was second to none. The crowd were behind the team the whole way through. They were propelling them on. You felt like even though we lost that game, we had opportunities to win it. It could have, you know, something goes our way. Green Greenfield doesn't make the save he made. You know, it's a different it's a different game. And you know, Fox, his comments, you know, gave credit to the Panthers and the way that they played, notwithstanding what he said about the comments that have been seen on social media and and his attitude towards them. And I, I, you know, a lot of respect for Aaron Fox in terms of the fact that he came out and said that and, and, and it needed to be said. But I think just going a step back to, to what you said around Kevin's uh, comments again, you know, after the clan game, which were, I think what that articulated to me, okay, is, and I, I want to break this down really, really clearly. It is absolutely correct, right, and proper that in a professional sporting background, you can be both disappointed with results because it's a resource-based business and at the same time show a huge amount of empathy for the situation that the team's in. And those can exist, coexist quite happily. You don't have to be either... By, by showing empathy, that does not mean you're saying we don't care about results. And by saying we don't care about, you know, we only care about results, you, you know, don't forget that you need to show the empathy. So it's almost like, and I think to put to your point, Chris, we're talking about a very small minority of individuals that are making very personal, very negative comments about excuses. They are not representative of the fan base who are overall supportive of the team from an empathy point of view. But as we are, and we've been open about, that doesn't, that, that doesn't, it, it's not a, it's not an excuse for the results. The results are what they are. And as a professional sports team lying in 10th place and losing games, that is, you, you can, you can also be uh, not satisfied with that as the playing staff are not satisfied with that, as the coaches are not satisfied with that, as the management in Panthers are not satisfied with that, as the ownership of Panthers are not satisfied with that. That is put, that is absolutely, those, those things can coexist. So we can be supportive and also hope for improvement, which I think, my personally, you know, the green shoots of that improvement are shown. And that game against Manchester... I, I didn't again I didn't think we played badly we had opportunities to win the game it's around that mental confidence making the right decisions and down to those final things that mean you you know you can put the effort in but lose a game and I, I think if we stick with this team we will get there and it's all about pushing for the playoffs I might as well stop now Ken because that answer was superb you, you've it's almost the third one of the of the of the 10 days Kevin Moore. Aaron Fox, Ken Feast. You you have nailed it there, Ken, I think. I really do. Uh, so, so succinctly there about 
how people can feel. You're, you're absolutely spot on. People can be disappointed with, with the position. It's not a nice position for the Nottingham Panthers to be in, but you can feel empathy and understand why we were there. And, and, as, and as we've all alluded to, the, the majority of that fan base uh, is of that same opinion. And it's very easy, you know, you know, we know that the, the people that, that that complain speak loudest. You know, you only need to look at complaints about restaurants. Someone's made that analogy to me the other the other day. You know, normally you only see complaints about restaurants. You, you don't often see praise. And, and that's really sad. So so it's a small minority, but obviously it'd been enough. What was interesting was it'd been enough for Aaron Fox to see. Now, I don't know how much social media Aaron Fox uses, clearly some, and enough to see around the narrative that there was some comments that were, were frankly disgusting uh, and other comments that were disappointing. But but as I say, you know, I saw some other Panthers fans going, I'm now not liking this narrative because it's like all Panthers fans think this way. Uh, sorry, oh, but, you know, you know, and, and people are saying it's not everyone and, and they make a good point as well. Um, Greeno, I want to come to you because. Jono might be able to allude to this as well. You, you know, you go round to get the opposing coach from from the dressing room, and it's a bit of a walk. You go kind of nearly halfway round the rink to bring them back. And I nearly every time I've done it this season, the opposition coach starts to go, "You guys deserve more." And I'm, I'm not just making this up, you know, and just saying it. The coaches go, "You guys deserve more. You guys are a good little team there." You know, there's some really good little players. No one said that last season to, to us. You know, there, were, there was no such talk about that last season. Didn't work out last season. Last season's team were disappointing. We analysed that all last season. But Greener, you know, it, it's crazy. You know, it's a 10th place hockey team. We can put it succinct, succinctly there and, and how it was. But 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 the coaches are right. It's it's a good hockey team. There's there's some real key coils in that cog. That that you know, turn, you know we talked about turning up night out of night. But there is some real talent on that roster, and 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 it's and, and that's probably one of the reasons why it's so frustrating that this team is not getting the chance to showcase how good it could be. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the most frustrating thing for for the fans and people connected. That you know, like you said, there's no way we're a tenth place team. Um, you know, I think before, obviously, the, uh, you know, massive trauma back in October, we started the season, you know, six and one, six and two, something like that. And, and we were right up there. And, you know, I think obviously if that hadn't have happened, we still wouldn't be winning the league. I think that's fairly obvious. But like, you know, we would probably be in the top two or three and we would be very competitive and we would have won a lot of games. So, yeah, I, I think obviously there's, you know, probably more than a handful of players that real quality that they will want to try and keep, you know, for, for a couple more years, hopefully if they can, and, and kind of build around. No, it's it's certainly not like, you know, maybe the last couple of years where there's been, you know, poor performances or lack of this and lack of that. You know, it's it, we, we've obviously taken a long time to try and recover from what happened. And it's, it's not, you know, really fallen into place yet. But no, I think the fans and everything can see the effort. They can see how many quality players we have. It's just obviously not, you know, falling for us at the moment. John, because you've you've watched the Panthers the longest of all of us, I wanted to put this one to you. You know, and you would have sat in games in, especially, you know, in the old barn, it was probably different. 
in the new barn with the you know with the, with the way Panthers in the elite league era became one of the biggest spenders alongside teams like Sheffield and, and Belfast and latterly Cardiff I suppose at one time maybe Coventry it is fascinating and it is heartwarming to see because we've all been in the rink and and heard Panthers booed off the ice booed at the end of the first period booed at the end of the second period in seasons gone by it's so lovely to see that that the because as well sometimes you know when you're behind the scenes you see one thing and it doesn't always translate onto the ice and 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 sometimes you know fans will say well this guy's awful but they perhaps didn't know he'd been carrying an injury or or another personal trauma he's been playing through but my point is Jono is it's so heartwarming to see that that, that the the crowd by and large will forget about the ones we talked about five minutes ago have so outstandingly stood by them. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, it shows it shows itself more at the end of games, especially when we've been on a, lo- a losing run and we've lost the game. Uh, these, the, the majority of the crowd stay there to applaud the team off mm-hmm. and cheer the team off. And that doesn't happen. How many times last season, like you mentioned, booed off the ice or... They're, they're skating around to a nearly empty bowl because everybody's walked out. That's not happening this season. I think, like you say, the empathy is being shown. I think the fans appreciate the sheer amount of effort this team is putting in. They are leaving everything out on the ice. To a man, they are giving everything they've got every single game. And the fans are appreciating that. And we always have in Nottingham. I mean, it, it was one of the things at the old barn as well. We always used to have a team that worked hard. They were introduced onto the ice by by Gary Moran as the hardest working team in the Super League back in that era. And I think the fans now are showing appreciation for a team that works bloody hard. Greeny, you're the one that's been in the dressing room. And, you know, I, I mentioned on, a, I think it was last Wednesday's podcast, that, that one player had said to me, we're sick of being felt sorry for. And and I, that, that's not that they didn't appreciate it. They they really appreciated it. But but again, it kind of goes back to what Ken said about it can be one thing and the other. And, and, and I think with the dressing room, and you'll understand from a player mentality, I think there can be appreciation from the players that the fans feel for them and what they're going through and they at least they know that this crowd have got their backs and that means the world to them and you can tell that when they skate off the ice but privately they can just be fed up of the situation they're in because they're they're not winning games and and you can tell from a a personal point I guess from a personal point of view the support is unreal but from a professional person who wants to win games that dressing room is is must be as frustrated as anything yeah, exactly. I, I think it's a fine balance of, you know, they obviously appreciate all of the the cheering and obviously, you know, the fans have, have been amazing sticking by the boys. But when it comes down to it, they're professional players and, you know, they're paid to sort of do a job. And, and when they don't win, they kind of obviously feel really, really down. And like, they've you know, not, not that they've let the fans down, but, you know, they want to win for themselves and the club and, you know, I think whatever happens this year, they're going to get, you know, a massive support from, from start to finish. You know, it's going to be as it has been now, no matter what happens. But, you know, I think the players kind of, 
they want to be cheered and and you know um, applauded because they've won and because they're getting points and because they're playing well. Whereas obviously at the moment it, it's coming because of the effort and obviously what they've all been through. But I'm sure there's a part of some of them that as much as they really appreciate it, they just want to win games and score points and climb the ladder. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that, you know, the fans have been so supportive, but yeah, I mean, you know, as it's been lately kind of game after game, becoming so close and not managing to pick up that win for a few weeks. I'm sure it's uh, it's very frustrating for them. Just finally, before we finish this section, you know, one thing I was going to say, but we got sidetracked, you know, and fair play to Aaron Fox. You know, he didn't need to say those comments, I don't think. There was no reason that he needed to say them. It was a question about his team, but he, he felt really passionate about it. And, and then, don't know how many of you saw the subsequent Peter Spencer interview, which came 24 hours later from BBC Radio Sheffield, where he asked him, why did he say it? And he, he actually spoke in a lot more calmer manner because we had to bleep a few. Good old Liam Brookfield bleeped a few there because you could see the emotion in his face. And, you know, it, it was kind of, I think it was anger, but also emotion because we must never forget how close Sheffield were to this situation just as well as the Nottingham Panthers. Um, but yeah, he, he spoke to Pete Spencer 24 hours later. I gather he got a great round of applause when Sheffield stepped on the ice at the intro. So that was lovely to see. And he just kind of reiterated that he felt something needed to be said and, and support needed to be put across. Ken, you've got a point to make unless you're just waving at me. No, no, I was, I was just going to say all those good points. And it made me think as well. And you might be coming on to this. So forgive me if, if you are, but the other step for well, how great it was to see our coach back in front of the camera as well, in terms of that figurehead leading the club again and, and being out there and, and being able to feel that he could get out in front of that camera and his, his fellow coaching staff supporting him to go and, and do that as well, I thought was brilliant. Absolutely. I think it was fabulous. We've seen Jonathan now a couple of times, you know, and, and make no mistake, you know, Jonathan Paraday is is the leader of this club as coach. Um, you you the boys adore him. You only need to see their interactions with him yeah. during like during the games, before the games, during training. Uh, you know, one of my, you know, it's still one of my favorite memories of this season will be the, the video, the first time it went out that Sophie got when she just nipped round to to just film the boys coming on the ice and the old fist pump, bum tap combo, which, which you know, was that, that emphasize, you know, he's a coach that he cares, he's passionate. And he, like everybody else on that team, have, have been through it this year. And, and, you know, I agree with you, Ken. It was it was great to see him back. And again, let's not forget as well. I mean, it, you know, not as great as you know his, his first language. You know, he, he we talked yeah. in the summer. We talked a lot in the summer, me and him. And he said he'd do an interview and he'd say, "I'm sorry, that wasn't great." I'd say it's absolutely fine, you know. Um, and I've seen some calls. One person told me said about time we did a an interview in French. Well, I got GCSE French, so. Might just be able to stumble through it. But um, but yeah, you know, we must never forget that, that there's a guy coming out here, win or lose, and he talks about the team in, in his not in his first language. Uh, and so so fair play. And I think that's a, a great point you make there, Ken. So so thanks very much. So let, let's move on to, to Coventry at the weekend. They've just bowed out of the, the Challenge Cup at 10-1 on, on aggregate. 
the uh, the infamous uh, or the, the famous combat that they did in Belfast wasn't able to to happen again. Um, but Coventry are a, a good side. Greener, we, I want to do some Coventry memories in, in a minute, but, you know, and kind of this will lead on to it, but Coventry in the early years of the Elite League were a powerhouse. They won the Grand Slam and then they lost their way, didn't they, a bit? Then they managed to win the playoffs a few years back and, and just recently they've been slightly up and down. But but this season, Coventry, I, I mean, you you probably feel for the for the Blaze and for for their supporters, they'd be relatively happy with the season. They're playing just over five hundred hockey. They've got some decent players on that roster, haven't they, Greener? Yeah, they're kind of one of those teams that they're decent. You know, they've but but yeah, exactly that. I think um, you know they they do have a handful of really skilled forwards. Um, They've they've sort of got a solid team. I I would say one of those without having mega superstars or you know necessarily high end players. They've they've got you know a guy or two on each line that that can score. Uh, they've got a decent amount of depth. Um, Cozen's a you know decent goalie. Um, I think again they're one of those teams that like we saw in that Belfast game. I think on any night they could beat anybody. You know especially in their rink, it's quite hard quite you know different to play in there they have one of those teams that I'm never quite sure what you're going to get from them every night but some nights they're outstanding like you said that night in Belfast and you know they're the type of type of team that will beat everyone but they probably won't have the consistency to kind of really hang around up there at the top here's a question for you Jono before we do memories it's just struck me and, and I've thought about it before because I've been in Belfast to to see Belfast play Cardiff in the Challenge Cup final, a home game for Belfast. So they, they now can officially put the Challenge Cup on sale, the Steelers and uh, and <laughs> Ticketmaster. Um, and I've just seen the Elite League have put an article. They've confirmed now it's the 13th of March. And there's, there's talk about what the tickets will be like. They're very well priced, actually. 15 for adults, 10 for concessions. So fair play to the Elite League. Uh, however that works these days, I'm not certain. I think the Elite League set the pricing. I think I think they should be having it in Belfast. Well, it's funny you should say that because Belfast would be a tough place for everybody to get to. But maybe go around. I think they should play the final in Belfast. That's what I think. That's my vote. But listen, we joke about it and we're running out of time. We're not going to get around half the things I want us to get around. But the Challenge Cup final is going to be a home game for the Sheffield Steelers, probably with 7,000 Steelers fans. How much does it hold now? Eight and a bit thousand. There'll be seven and a half Steelers fans. Maybe whoever qualifies Glasgow or or, or um, Guildford might be able to bring 500 to a thousand. Is it right, Jono, you first? Was it better when it was two legs? Was it better when it was neutral and sometimes it worked out? Or the, And I know why they've got the system they've got now. I can understand for logistical reasons. But, but is it really going to be Guildford and Clan's fault that they didn't quite finish on the, you know, that they're going to be second seed and have to effectively play an away game to win a cup final? It's it's too much of an advantage, I think. And yeah, fair play to the Steelers. They finish as the number one seed. They deserve it. They're the rules and they get the advantage. But me personally, I would prefer it to be a neutral venue or back to a two-legged final like it was. Ken? So my view is... Go to Belfast. I'm completely... Like, if if it was the Panthers in the same situation, I'd be saying, let's play it at home 
on yeah. a single leg, right? So so I caveat what I'm about to say with that, right? But yeah, no, I think it is an unfair advantage. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm completely hypocritical and I'm prepared to be open about that. You know, why don't why don't we go and play it at the nine X? You know, the M A M E N, get eighteen thousand in there and put the old ice pad down and, yeah. and play it at a neutral venue in, you know, up the road. Can you arrange the bank loan for that, yeah? <laughs> Well, Sheffield seems to have a knack of shifting tickets, so you know maybe they could fill it twice over. Greeno, I think I think you've you've played in two-legged Challenge Cup uh, finals. You've probably maybe played in one one-off, the one maybe in yeah. Cardiff where uh, Mo scored. Which which yeah. did you prefer, the two legs or the or the one leg? Um, I think the two legs. I or I just think like it's two legs the whole way. You know, like quarter-final, semi-final. So I, I think I'm with the other guys. I think. I understand, like, th- with the way they do it this year, absolutely it should be in Sheffield. Like, that's how it is. But, yeah, I, I think you either have it in a neutral venue, um, but I-, I just think that makes it hard to sell tickets because if you have it in a completely other part of the country from the two teams in the yes. final, I just I just don't think it will be well attended. Um, yeah, so so for me, it's just two legs. I think you have two legs and the, the team that, with the most points, i.e. Sheffield this year, they obviously get to choose which leg they have at home because then then they still get an advantage, but it's not quite as, you know, quite as much. So, yeah, for me, I think the two-leg the two leg makes more sense because it's kind of like a two-leg competition the whole way until there. So, uh, Ken, did you want something to say or were you swearing at me? Yeah, no, 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 no. I wanted to say something. What I want to say is, Scrap the Challenge Cup, make the playoffs better and longer. Oh, is that an option? Oh, that's an option, is that one? Right, that's going to have to be a... That could be next <laughs> week's podcast. No, genuinely, that could be next week's podcast because I think we'd all be passionate. Jono... <laughs> three three parts. Can we, can we also can we also just... You mentioned Coventry. Before we go, shout out to Jack Hopkins because obviously what happened... that I saw a tweet during the interval of the game and i'm seeing the tweet that had been put out saying there's a screens are up and there's a play there's player made me feel i was nearly physically sick when i read it yeah yeah no the, the, brought back horrific memories 100 percent, and i think a lot of people connected with the panthers and probably the steelers felt exactly the way the same way but it was dealt with superbly by the coventry and and belfast medical staff yeah. from what i'm hearing and and fair play to them and, and jack's okay and should be back on the ice in a couple of weeks um jono who was it i think green had just said about neutral venues not many fans now I suppose it's got to fall right, but from memory, and that game, Green, the, the one off in, in Sheffield, Panthers, Cardiff, decent crowd, six, <laughs> maybe. What, what was it? Yeah. It was, it was I, think, I think we I, took I think, four. I think that's lucky that it was us in the final, though. Like, yeah. imagine it had been like Cardiff, Coventry in the final. Well, Coventry I mean, might have taken a few. Mm, a few, but yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I agree, but yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, that was probably three quarters full, wasn't it, would you say, from memory? I when think we were there, so. yeah, we we had we had half the rink. We had pretty much half the rink. There was a neutral area at the at the end at the White House end, and then the Cardiff had the. Uh, you got all the, the you got all fans that come out to support Cardiff as well. You got to remember that. Yeah. They were, to, to be fair, neutral fans. There was not very many at all in the couple of hundred. Oh, I'll, just, that. I'll just remember an alternative reality then. <laughs> I think I think like like Ken said, I know he was kind of like saying about the old nine X, like 
if there was an option to use a rink like that doesn't get used like literally a neutral venue like you know Wembley Arena or you know the old wherever you know then that would be amazing I think if you literally had a rink that now didn't have a team but they hosted it if that was actually a a sort of a, a real option. I think that would be really cool as well. Well, Jono, I mean, the cost options, I think, in the, all these places are put nice down. How many people went to the 2002 Challenge Cup final, Panthers 2, Steelers 3, where we went three down and then pulled it back later on? That, there, was that was ten, there was over 10,000 in a 10. They were into the second tier, I feel, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was over 10,000. I'm pretty sure of that. that was, and there that was, was a big, big old crowd there. Sorry, it's Manchester. Yeah, yeah, the old, the yeah, old. yeah, I was, yeah, 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 yeah. And for people that might be new to this sport, we're not talking about Altrincham. <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking about the MEN Arena, which was two tiered and held seventeen thousand people, uh, and how sad that was when the Storms crowd dwindled to a couple of thousand there. But um, yeah. that was a that was a cup final. One, three down early, and and maybe a change of netminder. And then late goals, I feel, and yeah, Greg Adams scored twice, and then I think, he, and then he, I've got a feeling he hit the post in the last minute. Yeah, when we when we when we were playing six on five, but you know, did you say you yeah. were there, Ken, for that game? I believe so. Yeah, I was with. Um, I went up with my mate Andrew. Yeah, it's before I started working for the club, but yeah, we. I'm, I'm pretty sure we were there. Yeah. Yeah, it was my first ever big commentary uh, for the BBC, which I shared with Colin Frey. And I remember Colin taking me for a walk and said, talk to me now, because Colin is the GOAT, obviously. Colin Frey can commentate on any sport in the world. Uh, and he just said to me, um, always leave yourself like another level to go to of excitement. And I think for 20 years, I've just really ignored that, you know. <laughs> John O'Brien did. got excited for an equalising goal against the Sheffield Steelers. But that's, you know, there you go. That's the passion, isn't it? You know, screaming and shouting is what we love about, about Jono. And, uh, you know, and, 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 that is, and, that's, and that was great. You know, that, you know, it reflected going back to that on, on Saturday, that the mood in that building. And, and Sophie Rouse and I were standing at the, at the end, you know, that Panthers were, were shooting. And the noise around from the fans above us and around us was, was just fabulous. It was, it was really great to see. We never really got onto our favourite Coventry moment. So we'll have, to, we'll have to save that. But got about 90 seconds. Anyone with anything burning, Ken, that they want to just throw out there before we finish? Yeah, I've got, I've got something actually. Um, if anybody works for cross-country trains, um, <laughs> then my, I've, my barber scarf, I left it on a train yesterday coming back from Birmingham. I've contacted them via Twitter with details. Apparently, it was as the train split at Derby. I got rousted onto the other part of the train and for, left my scarf, which then went back to the depot. So okay. I, I, I've put the thing in. But if anybody works for cross-country trains or the Derby depot or cleans trains, there's a, I would like my scarf back, please. Okay. Are you offering any financial reward? Well, yes, but it will be an undisclosed number. <laughs> Can't be more than the value of the only got 20 seconds. Anything? None, nothing from me. Dan? No, no, I'm all out of ideas. That's me, Dan. Good, good. Works you hard tonight. Anyway, so Saturday then, Coventry at home, 7 o'clock face-off. Good crowd already in. Uh, last count was probably around... 1,200 tickets left, so get your tickets ASAP from the usual places. 
We can't wait to see you on Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Panthers pre-game podcast.